Today is August 15th. The Yankees lost game one to the Braves badly. We got sharp stats. We got bantering with Boone. Watching Yanks tonight on the Yes app. Lots of fun stuff. Let's talk Yanks. John Boy and Jake. Recaps galore. Hello, and welcome to Talking Yanks, episode 945, brought to you by SeatGeek. My name is Jimmy. His name is Jake BBD in the corner. We got sharp stats, a positive one, I've been told. Looks like it's about Volpe, because his name is on the board in front of me. And Boone will be joining us for 30 minutes to talk base running, maybe. I don't even care. Jake, how are you? (laughs) James Davis. Good, I'm good. I, I was excited to hear about the sharp stats because I actually got caught into that uh, last night. Uh, one of my an extended Yankees friend, uh, Joey Libs, reached out to me just out of pure Yankee sadness, and he was like, "Can you give me the best Volpe butter knife you got?" <laughs> and I was like, "I'm interested." Uh, so I dove into some Volpe numbers last night, and yeah, again, turn it into what things matter. Uh, in theory, he's going to matter. And there's going to be some cool judging him off-season stories that come up. So I'm already getting ready for that. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see where Boone's at. I know we want to have him guess my weight. Uh, <laughs> I, I got that measured. I think so. we might have him do that when he comes to the office and maybe have him pick you uh, up. Okay. Under he the, hands like under, hands under the armpits, you know. Okay. How many have a stack of watermelons? How how many watermelons do you think Jake is with a giant scale? And yeah, my uh, I don't know. I I guess I don't know if I'm looking for rock bottom, but oh, the YouTube algorithm has started to feed me a lot of weird stuff, a lot of horse hoof with puss in it and well, stuff like that. Well, you like that stuff. Yeah, but it went to a different level. I just got a video. I fed my prairie dog to foxes and. You know that's not a lane I want to go into. You got to be careful with the animal stuff. Yeah, I like animals. Yeah, Um, click it and watch it. And yeah, the Yanks, uh, the Yanks are the prairie dog. So, Mm, the Braves are the foxes. Every team is the foxes. (laughs) Well, not the A's. Perfect game, their butts. Not the A's. Not the Royals. That pitcher's no longer. Our org. Well, he is, but he is. He is. He is. He'll He'll be back. Um, our guy Clark got got, and that was a bummer. You know, that was a bummer. Yeah. And then all their all their comments after the game were like, "Damn, that lineup, they yeah. don't quit. Yeah, they beat you in multiple ways." Boone actually did have some comments that were like a little bit of shots fired, like where we're trying to get to, like yeah. a little like, "Hey, what year did they have the presser that the league caught up?" Oh, dude, that's what I was. Uh, the uh, the league closed the gap on us. That was after twenty twenty one, and. I, I, it's not worth like t- 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 asking Boone about that because it's just annoying. But um, we do a lot of talking, right? Yes. And when you do a lot of talking, and he does two press conferences a day, sure. 162 games, uh, you say shit. And sure. sometimes we meet people uh, on the street, or like I met a guy in Stadium once, and he like said a line to me. And when I met Boone, he said a uh, 
took one of my things that I said and like argued right. it. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't remember that at all. I wonder if Boone knows some of the sticking points is what I was getting at. Like I closing the gap, like close the gap is a term that I think most Yankee fans that are on the internet and like are, are listening to post game press conferences. That's a, was one of the tougher, more like, oh shit. Yeah. You guys. Whoa. And he might not even remember saying it. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, I, I wonder if this is going to come up. You mentioned the word delusion. Uh, before I talk about delusion, can I tell you about Harry's? Because it's not yeah. delusional, Yeah, Jim. Uh, it's the best shave of your life. Now, Harry's is spelled like the man's name. Yes. But it is. Is it a double entendre? Uh, uh, it's because Harry. I think it's like inverted. Is it, is it wordplay? I think it's wordplay. It certainly is working yes. as that. Because uh, Harry's, you're actually going to shave with their high-quality yeah. razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion. Double entendre, a word or phrase that is open to two interpretations. So maybe, stretch, maybe. definitely wordplay. I never knew it was wordplay until this second. Right. Um, Just hadn't occurred to Because all no. you got distracted by was their value. Because mm -hmm. it's a $13 value for 3 bucks. So, okay, that's in your price range. That's in your price range. And if you go to harrys.com slash yanks, you'll get their five-blade German-engineered razor. Yes, with the weighted handle, the foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. Oh, take it to Deutschland. Show them you fit in. Get the $13 starter set for three bucks. harrys.com slash yanks. There's a link in the description. Uh, because you're right, Jim, we did get a healthy mix because there's been a little bit of delusion. Mm -hmm. uh, that we're fascinated by and we hate. Uh, and that was mixed with a little bit of the humble pie last night because Jack Curry was even impressed in the postgame that they were complimenting the Braves, basically the first time they've said that there's a better team out there. Um, but also the base running quote, which was just atrocious because during the broadcast, David Cohn noted uh, that... They yeah. are the worst base running team in the league and get out more. And, uh, you know, the Orioles are number one. The Yankees are last. And then for Boone to say, you know, I think we're pretty good. We just. It just stands out because we're always in close games. So they hit harder. I have. I don't know if you saw our notes yet, but I have. I phrased a question around that quote that I think is a um, not. I'm, tr you know, you tr trying to take all my oh. questions and not make them just like a pissy, angsty fan, right. and like You're not actually, trying to start a fight with every like, question, and, and maybe expand it outside of that That's one tough. moment. Yeah. And it's, like it's more all encompassing. The question. Um, so I, I saw do, it. I do have an all encompassing question that that tackles that quote a little bit. Teaser. Tough man. Skip to uh, uh, the thirty-two minutes, thirty-second mark for that. Not accurate. Could be. It might be. No idea. So you're not accurate either. I'm not accurate, but you're not accurate. I would guess it's going to be earlier. And that's that. a double. I'm going to take. The, I'm going to take the the under. Okay. All right. Let's uh, talk about Volpe. Okay. And I want to hear all your butter knives. Hey guys, it's the Queen of Stats, and this week, yeah, shocking. I'm actually going to talk about something positive. Yeah, because I'm sick of these terrible Yankees. So let's talk about something positive, and that something positive is Anthony Volpe's improvement. Now, a nice inflection point that we have is that chicken parm dinner. I believe it was around June, the middle of June. 
We're going to use since June 13th as the inflection point here. And we, the, the biggest improvements that I've seen in him and that the stats say since that date have been in basically just his overall production and the contact quality that he's had since June 13th. So I'm just going to give you some numbers here, and these are really good. Um, just remember the context that we're thinking about. It's a 22-year-old rookie shortstop playing for the New York Yankees. So before June 13th, he had a 605 OPS, and since then, it's a 769. That's a nearly 200-point increase in OPS. His weighted runs created plus, which is a basically an, a value relative to league average for your overall production. Uh, you can find it on fan graphs. It's jumped from 66, that's 34% worse than league average, to 114, that's 14% better than league average. Again, a great improvement for a 22-year-old rookie. His strikeout rate was 31% before June 13th. Since then, it's just 23%. And now in terms of contact quality, there's a, there's a measure on StatCast called sweet spot percentages, which is basically hitting the ball with the ideal launch angle between 8 and 32 degrees. That was 34% before June 13th. Since then, it's 41%, which is a great increase. And then he's also using all of the fields. He's going to all fields more. So his opposite field percentage has increased by about 4 percentage points from 21% to 25%, and his pull percentage has decreased by about the same amount. So basically a lot better contact quality, striking out less, and putting the ball, uh, spraying the ball to all fields. And if you want to look at his plate discipline improvement, um, that has been more since the All-Star break. So since the All-Star break, he has just a 9% uh, swinging strike rate. Before that, it was 13%. If you look at his chase rate, it's just 27% since the All-Star break, and it was 33% before that. And both of his rolling 15-game rates, his, strike, his uh, swinging strike percentage and his chase rate, if you look at those on a rolling 15-game uh, basis, those are at their lowest points of the season uh, right now. So a lot of great things that we've seen from Volpe over the past two months. All right. Butterknife and Volpe. Good stuff. Uh, Sean Casey, wow, huge credit to him uh, with uh, on-base percentage uh, and good eye. And uh, chicken parm the rest of the way. Invert that stance. I uh, There's a good moment if you're watching on the YouTube, which I recommend. Um, uh I clicked the June 19th date or the June 13th date, excuse me. And um, I was, I was like, wow, these numbers are better than I remembered. Um, I was still on Stephen Kwan's page. When <laughs> we were talking, but the numbers like kind of looked. In they, they were in a world. believable world. And I was like, wow. Oh, <laughs> he's been killing it. Um, okay. So I love, I love what Katie brought to the table there. A, you know, we need to change some of our tones. <laughs> just to survive this season. B, this is when this is when we like to tap into the predictive stats. Uh, because when you're talking about barrel rate and swinging strike rate, um, you know, I, I got mad last episode that it felt like, you know, the Yankees statistically had gotten away from, like, win a game today and do the result on that, and I don't really care about the exit velo or where it lands. Where these stats come in is the, the predictive stats can help predict 
where we're going. And Volpe has been on an upward trajectory. And it's, um, it's easy to forget. Well, it's not easy to forget how young he is. He's very young. He's 22. Um, and it has felt better. Uh, I know most of this was offensive, but the defense has even gotten more sound. Like, I remember there was a point, I feel like in May, where we were like, hey, yo, like, Volpe, you got to tighten it up a little bit. And he, he for sure has, and he's been a, a good defensive shortstop. Um, we've talked about the arm strength a lot, and, you know, I think there's development there. But Dansby Swanson, I think he's the best shortstop in the game, and his arm strength is weaker than Volpe. So that it can be something you work with. Now, offensively, uh, the number where Katie Sharp did, and this factors in last night's game, uh, since June 13th, 51 games, pretty big sample size, especially for what we have for Volpe. Mm-hmm. Uh, 245, 333, a 769 OPS. Now, that's not crazy. That's not, you know, taking down the world. For the shortstop position, that's still very good. Um, or good, I should say. Um, and when you tie that into the fact that he's 22 and that he showed improvement to get here and that we've seen visible changes, uh, we can be excited uh, about Anthony Volpe because I, I think, uh, and this is what my friend Joey pointed out last night, um, those statistics aren't far off from Francisco Lindor and what he's done all season. So it, it's kind of an interesting scope of shortstop expectations, production, his youth, um, that if you can get those kind of contributions from a shortstop, it's very valuable. And, you know, we... It hasn't felt like Volpe's clicked at all. Like, I, I tried to find his hottest hot streak of the season, um, and there was an 18-game stretch where he had a 962 OPS. So, you know, that's three weeks of playing elite all-star level, you know, mm-hmm. baseball. So, but he's really only had one of those. And, I, I again, I'm not trying to say that in a knocking him down way, but it it feels like, you still see a lot of funky swings from Volpe or out of control, kind of not great swings from Volpe that I don't know. I, when, when we go back to the drawing board and we look back at the PPP from earlier this season or when we're looking at next year's player profile and projection for Volpe, he has shown a lot, a lot of good, but it does feel like there's a lot more to go. So that's kind of your glass half full, glass half empty. Yeah, when you compare him to shortstops around the league, it's not a bad uh, look at all, uh, all things considered. So he's not he's not a flash, flashy shortstop. And if you accept that, there's two things you have to accept with it. Okay, then we need the bat to be really good. Um, he is a makes-the-play shortstop. He has an 81% success rate on balls hit uh, that he gets to. And that is the highest of all shortstops in Major League Baseball. Like that. So when he gets to balls, his success rate's there. Now, he doesn't have that many outs above average. He has three, which places him, I think, tied for 14th. So that's mid, middle. So as far as flashy, he's middle tier. But you can exchange that for making all the plays you get to, which I, I will accept. That being said, you need offense then. Now you need to be a top 10 offensive shortstop if that's the defensive profile, in my opinion, which since chicken parm he has been in all metrics, he rates out at the ninth since then, 
which is a butter knife. So, like, if you're an opposing fan, you don't have to uh, accept that number. But since then, I think in OPS, he's ninth, so he's top 10 uh, at a 792. Uh, even average, which he's got a 251. Uh, he's got to be lower, right? Yeah, he's 18th in average. But it was like OPS is 9, uh, on base percentage 10, uh, weighted runs created plus, he's 8th. So, But if he can get the offensive profile way up, and keep the defense how it is, I would like that. The one thing, Jake, that we've said a bunch, and I think is uh, my official, uh, uh, my official unofficial prognosis, because I'm not an expert baseball mind, okay, is when he's swinging for line drives, he's awesome. Since the adjustment, out of all shortstops, he has the third highest line drive percentage behind Ellie De La Cruz and Bo Bichette. The difference is those two guys have a fly ball percentage in the low 20s, and Volpe's is mid-30s, which is pretty high. And that's exactly what you and I were saying about those home runs he hit. Like, those were line drive yeah. home runs. He does have some warning track outs and home runs that are fly ball home runs. And his fly ball to home run rate is 16.7%, where Ellie De La Cruz is 30 so, like, if he hits one that's a fly ball that's got some arch, it's fucking gone. Uh, where Volpe doesn't have kind of that ability to, to launch balls like, um, like it's home run Can I derby. Tell you why? Ellie De La Cruz is listed 6'5", 200. Yeah, and he's 22. He could develop a lot of muscle and get there. Volpe's listed 5'9", 180. That's what I'm saying. So, 5'8", I also think, and this is really undiagnosed, Yes. just my brain that I'm sharing again, not expert, is I think we haven't seen a prolonged good stretch because when he has a good week, a good, it's like he feels like I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, now let's pop some homers, and then he loses his swing. That's how I felt. It's like we get those line drives, those gaps, and then all of a sudden now he's chasing the homers. And if he could just stay at that line drive swing, he would be like very consistent on a tear. Yeah, and you- All that's growing pains, and all that's just my thoughts, which if you tell me I'm a dumb idiot, I'm no, like, it, all right, sure. It's speculation. Like, like an age anyway. It's yeah, speculation, speculation, but that's kind of what we do a little bit yeah. on here. That you know, I, yeah. I, I was furious. Uh, one of the times we saw him get hot, I think it was the f- one of the, the first chicken parm times when we were butter knifing, was leading into the All Star break, and I, I was, the Yankees had moved him back down the lineup, and it started to click, and I. I begged them, and it's not something they believe in, to keep them down in the lineup. Like, don't, like, you find you found something. Um, and then they immediately slid him up, and the final five games heading into the All-Star break, I don't have these numbers up, but I'll get them in a second. Um, the Yankees were looking for a miracle because this roster's been a disaster, so they slid him back up. Speaking of miracle made. Wow. Jim, speaking of miracles. Did you know that your temperature at night can have the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? I bet you did know that. Dude. I've seen I, you run I hot. I very much don't cold. like sleeping hot at all. Sleeping hot's tough. It's not a good time. Nobody likes sleeping hot. Some Sneaky, nobody do. likes sleeping too cold. There's um, a there's a point of... If you have no enough blankets. On, you just cold. need blankets. I uh, uh, There's nothing you can do about hot. One of the We had the AC cranked up uh, when I was in Scottsdale, obviously. 
Um, and I didn't have enough blankets, so it was kind of this ironic, like I was a thousand degrees outside, like 10 feet away from me, but I was kind of freezing inside. Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics, make temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at perfect temperature all night long. They sent us, sent us some. It's now in our sheets rotation. Just watch your sheets. Arguably too much. I mean, I realize I'm a... Ridiculous boy in the situation. No, Katie watched it. Like, it's like once a week or it's it just, like twice a week. She puts it like near, in my. She puts we'll, it in your basket. We'll save so those you have issues. To wash it. We'll save those issues for the end of the program. What this has is self cleaning design for your skin. The silver, that's why it's in there. 99.7% of bacterial growth can clog your pores. And we're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of that. And you know it's got to be comfortable and quality material. So go try Miracle. Dot com slash yanks. Try miracle.com slash yanks. Get your sheets today. Save 40% and with your promo code yanks at checkout, you get three free towels. This is your set you need. This is your right now. If you're looking at your towel and your sheet set and you're in kind of a, a cycle, this can break it. So go to try miracle.com slash yanks. Use code yanks. Save 40%. Uh, click the link in the description. Fellas around my age, if you have three mm. towels and they match each other, that's going to go a long way. Yeah. Wow. It's impressive. One more thing on Volpe as I click around the stat pages. Um, according to Fangraph's pitch uh, value, he has struggled with sliders, major league sliders, which I think is normal as sure. a rookie. And you can make the adjustment. Judge made a crazy adjustment from 21 to 22 on sliders. He's also struggled with splitters when he does see them. I think that's because that's a pitch you don't see that much. And splitters are kind of nasty when done right. Uh, but he's done really well against fastballs. He has the second best, according to these stats, he's the second best fastball hitter out of all shortstops in Major League Baseball. Um, but sliders are a, uh, he is the third worst against sliders. Yeah. That's not great, Bob. Um, that being said, yeah, uh, we, we've talked about that a little bit. And uh, who was it? Oh, I was talking with, I think it was with Trev. And he was like, you, you have to hit fastballs. Like, that's the start. <laughs> like, yeah. if you yeah. can't hit fastballs. Booney fast, said it last week, too. Yeah, if you can't hit fastballs at the major league level, you won't be a major leaguer. Um, so, yeah, we can build off that. And you know I personally love, and you guys will probably hear me say this in a couple months, if you have something to work on in the offseason – Volpe, it should very clearly be breaking pitches. I like that. You can yeah. work on that. Target Good against that. curves. Okay. Um, that yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, we even saw that one. You know, Judge came in. The one weakest weakness one year was changeups, and then he kind of came in and broke the home run record. That that year. was sliders. Last year he struggled with changeups, but 2021 he was bad at sliders, and then he switched Makes his sense. stance right. in 2022 and crushed sliders. Right. Um. So, and yeah, just circling back on two things, you mentioned the um, you mentioned the defense and not making the highlight level plays. Again, that can also improve. Like, um, you know, the, that can get better. You can work on your lateral range. Like having the routine plays in the bank, especially as a rookie, that's very impressive that that can also improve. There's room to grow there. Um, he has again, the pure speed that it's not... That's not crazy at all. The, the range shouldn't be a factor. Again, if the arm can develop a little bit, maybe that can help. Uh, Dansby Swanson is second best and outs above average. So there's, there's a world where you can figure that out more. Um, and just kind of 
uh, where I was with the Volpe in the bottom lineup, and I mentioned trying to find his his hottest hot streak. Um, you know, from June June eleventh, he was hitting one eighty six, two sixty, six oh five. Scary. Um, then in the twenty games after that, three fifty four, four seventeen, one dot oh one seven OPS. This was hitting primarily uh, ninth. Uh, eighth, one game in the six hole, or two games in the six hole. This led up to July 5th. Uh, the All-Star break uh, started July 10th. The four games after this, so that's a 20-game stretch. That's his best stretch. I, I missed it a little bit yesterday. One dotted. That's very impressive. There's not a lot of guys in baseball that can do that. They slid him up to leadoff for three games, uh, and then they moved him back down to eighth, uh, for the last game heading into the All-Star break, he went one for 15. So could that be a small sample size? Absolutely. Could that be a 22-year-old kid getting slid back up top after having his first hot streak and trying to do too much? It could also be that. He also, if I remember correctly, which I rarely do, uh, there was a couple bad lucks there. I think he drove a couple of the opposite. He had one like bad luck game in that stretch where we were like, damn, that kind of kind of sucks. But that's yeah. baseball. Yeah. yeah, you know I'm Susan, over that. I'm over the Yankees using, I, and I, I agree with it time to time, but the Yankees have just used that as like, well, we hit into some bad luck, and it's like, I'm fucking over that. Right, right. going back to the Gary days. That, of that, that the void reasoning days. has to be few and far between. Uh, Start hitting it elsewhere. Yeah. It's baseball. Moreland and I had a good discussion last Friday about how they just promote kids now that hit it hard and throw it hard. Yeah. Because he was saying Franchy. that. The Yankees are bad at base running and fundamentals. But, man, I mean, we saw the Rays, the Astros, um, the White Sox be sloppy as shit. Like, real sloppy baseball. And Moylan was like, yeah, they don't pro- you, you don't need to know the fundamentals no. and the in-between-the-crack gameplay to get promoted anymore. You just you hit it hard, you, you pitch, throw it hard. It's almost like um, you get promoted through the batting cage more than like the field these days, and that's that's one of the Yankees' main problems. When we see, um, when we see the base running errors, when we see the bad baseball, it's it's because the Yankees treat everyone like the consummate professional. That they're like, well, they'll take care of their business. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, these are guys are pros. It's like, yeah. well, coach them, coach them up just Make a little. Them play bit. like pros. Though. People like nose, you know. When you're looking at it, like managing like coaches, like, hey, don't steal right here. Thank you, coach. Yeah. I now know how to not fuck up. Yeah. Limitations are great. And I probably won't mention it with Boone, but he's a big USC guy. I remember it blew my mind as a kid. Uh, the USC Trojans, when they were in their prime college football, one of the stories came out, and this is, you know, little sports Jake trying to make my way uptown. Little sports Jake. Um <laughs> AOL screen name, Sports Jake. Take that. Um, the headline was, the USC Trojans don't have their players run sprints. And I was like, what? Like, you know, I'm in middle school, early high school. Like, run sprints. That's, you know, I hate that. My yeah. asthma kicks up. Like, mm-hmm. if I maybe I should go to USC and play football. Never played down football in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did think about becoming a male cheerleader, though. <laughs> Did. Um, but... What happened at USC was, A, they were a bunch of competitive college kids that they would run sprints after practice to compete and try to get better. And if you screwed up at USC, they had another five-star recruit behind you to sub in. 
So that's where like a mentality like that, like, oh, well, you know, you don't have to do wind sprints, but if you yeah. want to play and be a star, you can. Where the Yankees, this laissez-faire thing just doesn't work. Like seeing all the Braves in the lineup every day knows the, you know, it's we're in an interesting spot because, you know, some people aren't Jake happy. shaking the desk. Some people aren't pleased that a lot of my tweets aren't happy, but uh, really? you know, what do you do? Um, they're just, they're just like, it's not your personality. And I'm like, yeah, I wish it wasn't. Um, I had a great one yesterday. One of the hardest first to third base runners I've seen this year was Austin Riley. When the Braves were up eight to two, the Braves, Billy McKenna eraser, I guess Braves third baseman, not built on speed. No, um, young, thick, big peach, butt. He, uh, that sprint speed will surprise you though. Uh, but it was a single up the middle to Harrison Bader, one of the best defensive center fielders. And Austin Riley got in there, uh, without a throw. Bader ends up throwing a second, uh, cause he was just on his horse and like good secondary and going. And then meanwhile, Harrison Bader gets picked off down six runs for no reason. So yeah, man, I think coaching matters. Like how many, if you're a baseball fan, how many Ron Washington stories have you heard? Like so many. It, it, like, coaching matters. Stamped. Hey, let's talk to the head coach of the Yanks. Manager. Talk Actually, about he manages coaching. the coaches. The talk. coaches coach, and they report to him, and he manages the coaches. That's the tree. We'll draw know? up a tree after this. That kind of blew my mind when Trev explained it to me that way. I was yeah. like, wait, the managers don't, like, need direct contact with the players? He's like, no, not, like, a lot of times you're like, you talk to your coach, and then guys that your coach manage, talks but... to your manager, and I'm like, fuck, I thought about this all wrong. I thought it was Little League. Who's the Braves batting coach? Then we, we learned it. Kevin Seitzer. Yeah. We're talking to Boone, and it's bantering with Boone, and it's been brought to you and will continue to be brought to you by Vizio. Vizio. What's the V mean, Jim? Uh, zoom? Value. Value. I was doing the Z. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. <laughs> Vizio has award-winning TVs and soundbars at insane prices, uh, and you can you know some of their TVs have zoom modes. That could be what the Z is for. Um, we'll give up at the end of the episode. We'll give a whole Vizio. Is it an anagram or is it a enneagram? Enneagram xenon, where you find out your personality. Uh, my personality has a lot of TV in it. I'm constantly watching sports. And Vizio, if you're a baseball fan, their Watch Free Plus comes with MLB Network totally free right out of the box. 4K screens, under 500. Get the sound bars. I'm losing my hearing, so I will need more sound. Head on over to Vizio.com to check out how you can elevate your viewing experience all season long. Vizio, value. Elevate your audio video for the MLB season. Click the link in the description. Bong. Bong. Has seen on. Welcome, Bantering with Boone. On uh, It's August 15th, mid-August. How about that? Oh. Booney, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? How many people call you Aaron? That's a mm. quick question. Like wife, mom. Is it very limited or do you have a whole crew of people? Um, Not a lot. Brothers? Not, no. No. They call you uh, Booney? Or a my who your yeah your brothers your brother no my brothers call me Arnie oh I forgot about that yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah, not a lot of people call me Aaron. Mm. Laz Actually. did the other day. <laughs> uh, Laz did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know who calls me Aaron sometimes? Garrett calls me Aaron sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron. Oh, oh, there he was. All right. Uh, okay, another tough week-ish and tough injury uh, news since we talked to you last and a tough game last night. My my one big conversation I want to have or question is is that what with all the guys, Nestor on the IL, Rodon um, banged up, DJ banged up, uh, Rizzo still out with a concussion. Um, at what point is there a point where internally you guys will will discuss the benefits of maybe letting the injured guys rest up and using September to get a foot forward on 2024 and seeing what you got out of the minor league guys and um, change the tempo and goal of the season. Is there is that conversation going or will it happen at some point? Well, I, I think regardless of what happens, I think there's a, a couple of guys very much in the mix to become a part of it, you know, as part of a, you know, solution to try and get some things going or, or in the scenario you described. So uh, there's a couple guys knocking on that door. Those are conversations. You know, I, I wouldn't say we're having an earnest right now. You know, we've, we've been out on the road, so it's, you know, we're not there connected, um, you know, where you're just in the presence of front office and things like that. So, um, you know, right now we're just in the throes of trying to win. Like that's, that's where the focus is. And yeah. obviously we've, we've taken some hits lately from, from an injury front. Um, we should, we should be getting uh, Carlos back next week. So, uh, you know, I think he's in a good spot there. Yeah. I just wonder Genuinely, if there is at this point being being five five and a half games back, um, I think more more behind than in, than the Yankees were in 2016 when they they did call up the young guys and did kind of change the goal of the season. Uh, this team is at or now behind that. Where you know even even rushing or I don't know if you're rushing, but bringing Rodon back, we just saw Nestor come back through one game back on the IL. Where there is a point where it's like, hey. This season isn't what we thought it was going to be. Let's make sure you're 100% healthy for next year. But but the other side is maybe him pitching at the end of the year helps him get healthy next yeah, year. Yeah, no. I, I think if any, we're not rushing Carlos. If anything, you know, the conversation was to keep him pitching. Like, because he certainly felt like he could. It was minor enough to where he might have been able. We just didn't want to put him in a bad spot where he's you know, trying to really gain some traction and obviously the long-term commitment we have to him and, you know, didn't want to put him in a position to go out there and maybe be okay, but probably be in a little bit of jeopardy of hurting himself a little bit. He's, he should be in a good spot when he's ready to come back and, and hopefully pitch for us next week. He's He's got a live sim game uh, tomorrow in Tampa where he'll go, you know, quite a few pitches and, and then we'll hopefully he'll be in line from there. And yeah, I think it's funny in in any walk of life, people use their experience. I, you know, I, I worked in electrical supplies and distribution for six years and it'd be funny. Everyone, hard everyone would come in six hard years. Everyone would come in and be like, oh, well, you know, this one time we did this and everyone goes from their personal experience. This group of Yankee fans has the personal experience from 2016 with 
Gary coming and Judge coming. I, you know, you mentioned a couple guys, and I, I know you're, they're not going to get. This isn't you calling them up, but we've heard Pereira rumors. Uh, obviously, there's been Peraza rumors for the past couple years. Are are those two of the main guys? Is there anyone else out of the loop that that we should be thinking about? Yeah, those are two of the guys. You know, in that conversation, obviously Peraza's been been in that conversation for a while, but ever since season that he's put together has put himself into that conversation. You also want to put those guys in good positions to be ready to come up and have a chance to impact and be successful too. And, you know, in, in Pereira's case, he's, he's put together a really, really strong year at double a and now triple a. Are there any players and, um, or, or if there are any players, you know, at the end of the season, when the playoffs end, there's usually a press conference and there's always been one player that's like, and actually he's been battling this, so he's going to have surgery on that tomorrow. Uh, is there a check-in right now? Like Judge mentioned he might need surgery at the end of the season. There's the push comes to shove at one point. It's like, hey, let's let's get that now and and get you an extra month's recovery yeah, or DJ's no, banged up. or I don't think that's on the board. I, I think Aaron was answering a very vague hypo- okay. hypothetical question like i don't know i may need you know yeah all right but, all right uh, um you know but you can never rule anything out but you know i i no i i don't i don't think we have any of that going on right now we got to see what comes of nestor you know he's going to be down a few weeks of no throw um hopefully that is something that kind of does the trick with him you know shoulders are always tricky a little bit um, but, um, <clears throat> he'll be the one to watch and, and to see, you know, hopefully he's in a position after a few weeks, I think he's three or four weeks of no throw to see how his buildup goes and to see, and, and we should get a, hopefully a firsthand look at that as he's kind of getting back on and building up his throwing program, hopefully in the month of September. What was the timeline there? I mean, he, he, he looked great in his outing nine K's and in four innings or, or something like that. Like after he gets off the mound, does he let you guys know, or is it the next day or what was the timeline? <clears throat> no, so, so the next day he was, he was really sore, but which is kind of typical sometimes when a guy throws a, a big outing and, and he was sore in what you would say is all the right places. Um, which is how, you know, sometimes starting pitchers describe it or trainers. Um, but it was the following couple of days where he wasn't really able to get into his throwing program. So we had, we were, we had the leeway to push him back to the Saturday game. And then on Wednesday in Chicago, he went out and was able to do his throwing program, was able to complete his throwing program. And it had improved, you know, a decent amount from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he was getting better you know, was able to let it go a little bit. And then Thursday when we got to Miami and he was going to throw his bullpen at the stadium on the off day, um, he really couldn't even get going. And that's, you know, obviously that's when we had to pull the plug on it. Well, I, uh, I, I stumbled, I don't want to say I stumbled into luck, but I, you know, when we were, we've been thinking bigger picture now and that's, that's kind of where we're at. And I, Michael King's got a pitch mix. That's reminds you of a starting pitcher. Um, and he, you know, he's got a couple years in the minor leagues with, I think it was one, 140 and 160 back to back. He's obviously been electric <coughs> out of the bullpen. I mentioned Yankee fans experience. Everyone's got a little Jabba bug that's still in the back of their head. But, um, I, I said like, I was interested in stretching out King. You guys put him in the starter role. I know there's been openers too, but what, 
I guess what does what do you guys want to see from that process? Obviously, it's performance based, but is it a you know forty pitches, fifty five pitches, or like what what should we be looking for? And I guess what should Kinger be looking for in in this process? Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's a it's day to day. I mean, just and what we, obviously we you know didn't get a lot of length last night, so we had to use our guys. Um, Hamilton and Abreu picked us up pretty big time in that we didn't have to use everyone. Um, so most guys are available one inning, you know, I'd like to, in a perfect world, stay away from King tonight, but he's got to be available on some level, obviously. Um, and then, you know, coming off a 41 pitch, two inning outing, uh, tomorrow would be his fourth day. So a three day rest. So he could be in play for any role there, probably more in that 45, 50 pitch range now. And yeah, reports were that he still wants to be a starter and and is asking for it, which makes sense. Every pitcher wants to be, especially when he does have that um, pitch mix. And um, then they said, you know, this is something for next year. Is this something that is being done now just to make it an option next year? Because it seemed like coming into this year, you love the switch army. He can give you three here. You can close one day roll. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, that's still kind of evolving. I mean, the thing is, if 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 possible, and again, the day to day changes, so it doesn't it prevents you from doing some things. But if we can get his pitch count built up a little bit more, and then you know use him in bigger spurts, maybe we'll do that. Um, he has expressed that interest in starting. Going back to, you know, he sat down with me in spring training, saying, you know, look, he loves leverage. He loves the game. He loves the heat and the the you know the, he's super competitive out there so he likes the ball when it really matters um <clears throat> so i think he's enjoyed his bullpen role but he's always you know periodically expressed hey i'd love to start if something opens up again or uh and then when we got when we got loisiga back <clears throat> you know he came to me again and just you know just to say hey I, i'd love to try and um but he's also you know understands where we're at and willing to do whatever and I, I, we were looking at it because Jake did bring this up before you, we even saw, heard you guys or saw him do it, is that his pitch mix when he got the four starts in a row a couple of years ago, it was all fastball. It was like 60% fastball where he's really been a four-pitch mix pitcher to the different hands. But, you know, he's using yeah. way more in his arsenal as a reliever. So you wonder Yeah, I mean, I mean he, the question yeah. will be is how well is he able to maintain his high level of stuff I mean, I think the one thing, the one thing that Michael's done really well the last couple of years is really develop really good fastball command. So that's why when he's out there, some days when he's ninety-five, six, seven, or even ninety-two, three, four, he's able to be successful. Usually because he has a presence on both sides of the plate, whether it be with the four seam, whether it be with the two seam, he's obviously got a really good slider and and a solid changeup. So. He definitely has the mix to do it, and I and I think the command of fastball to do it. Um, you know, it's just a matter of can he do it over the long haul and, and hold, you know, hold the significant stuff as a starting pitcher. Cool for uh, and and kind of a similar topic because there's there's been a lot of openers lately uh, for for Brito and Vasquez. I mean, two guys that have been starting pitchers in the minus minor leagues this minus league minus league the minor leagues this year. Um, you know, it is, is there something more philosophical than, Hey, let's, let's just try to, you know, 
get around the the other team's top hitters a couple times? Is it is there more belief in the opener than than the Yankees have had, or is it just like we're this is kind <laughs> well, of I our think, all hands? Yeah, I mean we're we're trying to win games and trying to you know put guys in the best position possible. And on the days where it's lined up, where we've had a Hamilton or a King, you know, feel like there's you know it, it makes some sense you know to do it and, and give give yourself a good chance and put those guys you know as they're kind of working their way and kind of establishing themselves and cutting their teeth at the big league level you know a little bit of a a, a better avenue for them savvy won't have an opener tonight right no so is there i mean if we're still if the goal is still to win games and and be in the thick of it and attack the end of this season i mean is there a short hook i mean i yeah i mean i mean not too short of hook. We had three innings last night. So, like, you know, we need to get, um, you know, hopefully Sevy can get us, you know, get us into the middle innings, but give us something there. Just, you know, being a little short, like we're all right. We can kind of go one inning with every guy. Um, you know, Kinger will be available on some level, but, you know, probably prefer to stay away from him today. But, um, yeah, we, we, you know, we got to get something there. Is Blake scratching his head? Like, is it just is are we just rolling the same dice with Savvy, or is there something new? At one point, they did. No, the I stretch. mean that's that's the thing about it is you know we we felt like a, kind of a number of times like in between like like we've made some really good progress and are seeing some really good things like especially in some of his bullpens. I know that he's had they've come out of those thinking wow he's really good today. We made some solid adjustments. Um, you know, obviously coming out of the All Star break. Um, he, he pitched our, he, he had a decent outing and, you know, kind of altered his delivery and his setup a little bit that we think was beneficial for him. Um, but then it just comes down to, you know, execution and then that confidence and conviction that kind of follows that when you, when you struggle a little bit, um, you know, is, you know, it's been the thing with him. Do, do you do anything as, we were talking about this earlier today, you know, but as, as the manager, you know, the pitching coach, Blake's going to do the tweaks. Like you're not going to walk up to Sevy and be like, Hey, why don't you snap it a little harder? Like that's we're we're not in that era anymore. Like that's not how things work. But I guess as like a manager, a ball player and a person to see what Sevy's going through. I, I mean, do like, do you take it upon yourself to pull him aside and be like, you know, Hey, head up man or like we're gonna get through this or like I, I don't know how you approach it because I also know there's a ball player side to you that you know this is Sevy's hitting free agency and timing in baseball is one of the toughest things you could come into that he's got to have a lot of stuff going through his head right now yeah no question you, you try to be there and kind of be supportive through it the thing about Sevy is is you know he's such a solid person like in his just his personal life and who he is and so like as rough a time as I know he's going through professionally and having never really struggled like this in baseball. Um, you know, I also feel like more than most, he's also equipped to handle it. Um, and I know he's, and then on top of that, like, I know he's putting everything into it from a work standpoint, from a trying to unlock it, unleash it, figure it out. Um, so, I've, I think that's really all you can ask from from him there, and and then knowing that the person is equipped to handle, you know, this adversity that he's clearly going through. 
Yeah. It's not, I mean, because how much, how many times in the middle of the season can you go look at the mechanics? You know, you look at Araldus Chapman now, and he was really struggled last year. Um, and the year before that, he ran into struggles. His velo looked like it was going down, so he was inventing new pitches. And now his velo's way back up, and someone in the offseason just changed his mechanics and put a hitch in his giddy up, you know, that like uh, Joe Kelly double pump. Um, Kenley does as well. Is it hard to make those adjustments? Because it seems like Seve's fastball is if it's belt high, it's just fucking smacked. And if it's uh, at the letters, it's a, stri- a nice strike. And I don't know if that's yeah. location. Yeah, I agree. Mechanics. I'd like to see him have more of a presence up in the zone with his fastball because I think that does you know set up his secondary a little bit better too. Um. But but then really I think the biggest issue for him though has been command with it, like so he's he's had a lot of times where he'd say he's going down away with a pitch, kind of yanks it and pulls it down and in, in, and he's run into a lot of hot zones and then on top of that probably being a little unlucky with things where they haven't missed you know yep. when they have gotten a pitch like which which does happen every now and then you m- most. You know, they don't. It seems like every time he makes a mistake or misses with something, it's put in play with authority. Um, but you know, and, and that's all probably a product of you know <clears throat> struggling a little bit within his delivery there for a while, and then making a little subtle adjustment that, with the effort of simplifying. Um, but ultimately, it's coming down to that execution, and if he does that he should be able to have success because again, like we're not looking at a picture that man stuff's just way down. Is he all right? What's wrong? That's not really the case. No, it's just, yeah. Location or, or, or who knows? I don't know. It's uh, someone Coney was saying, or the broadcast saying telegraph and like not tipping his pitches, but just by the body language batters are saying they can, they can He's jump pitches, up a little bit. Yeah. Everyone's right, got right. a lot of, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's possible. Like the, you know, the delivery being a little off where they're getting a really good look at it. Yeah. That's yeah. All right. Um, changing up a little bit. I want to ask when it comes to statistics, um, obviously the public has a ton of databases, ton of websites we can look at. Do you guys look at any of the public statistics or is it all in-house numbers and figures that you get handed by the analytics team? Yeah. Um, uh, so, so Travis Chapman, for example, our infield coach who, you know, kind of keeps me up to date on, you know, our infielder defensive measurements and how they're doing. Um, and he does pay attention to a couple outside to see if how they're lining up and things like that. So, yeah, probably a little bit. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily pay that much attention to them, but I'm, I'm sure the people that are in the weeds with that. Um, are looking outside and looking inside and seeing how we compare and maybe where something's flawed or not or where we can do something better. I hate to sour a a nice conversation, but you had a quote yesterday about the base running that kind of made fans scratch their head saying that Mm -hmm. the Yankees aren't um, below average base running team when all, all the metrics like there's like four different ones have, have have you guys bottom five with steals and without steals of outs on the base path. So it's, uh, that's been something what the, that what was the, what was the, what was the misquote you just said of me? How'd you I think, that? I think your quote was that you don't think the Yankees are below average base running team. It's just that the mistakes happen in close games. 
Yeah, I didn't say that. Okay. Below average. I wasn't asked if we were <clears> – I <throat> said the base running blunders. So, obviously, we had a we had a one yesterday that, you know, pisses you off, right? Makes you upset. And, and, and when you're struggling and when you're – when, you know, for the most part in a lot of close games, not last night not being one of those, you know, those are things that, that – clearly get magnified and we got to do a better job of it. what I'm saying is I think outs on the base, like, I mean, how do you measure below or above average? I mean, there's teams that are, you know, taking extra bases that speeds their game that steals a bunch of bases, but also maybe makes a bunch of outs on the base. So it's like, how do you rank all that? What I was saying is um, bad outs on the base. I think we're in the bottom 10, which isn't an in, like doesn't change what happened last night and like not being something we want to we want to do. Um, yeah, they so they have outs on the bases, which is it doesn't include pickoffs, um, steals, or force plays. So it's just all like extra base taken and all that, and that is just a counting set, not a percentage. But 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 the right. Yankees are at thirty seven, which puts you tied for. Um, well, it's the opposite, bottom 10. But then they also have, like, extra base taken, and it's not the fastest team. So I think the Yankees are below average there as well. Where you're right, some teams have a lot of outs on the bases, but they also get <clears> there a lot. I think by, by foot speed, we're one of the slowest, right? I would have to guess, yeah. 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 Um, so, look, we're trying to minimize mistakes, and, you know, and, you know, for last night's, you know, Obviously, Harrison made a mistake out there. We we had a conversation about it, and we move on. But, like, some of these mistakes, like, you know, Harrison's comes from a place of actually working his butt out off out there and, and, and made a mistake. So, um, well, to, and then to, when, to, you, when you're going through a tough stretch and you, you know, and, and then you have a game where you get blown out, you know, it's it gives you something to be mad at. When, when – um taking it a more holistic conversation on this. Cause I was talking with um, a friend of ours who uh, had a 10 uh, year career in major league baseball and is still actively part of the game. And I was saying that the Yankees base running hasn't been great, but we just played the Rays. We played the Astros, the white Sox, and base running in general, like the outs uh, first and third out at third base across the league. It looks sloppy. And his point was, and I want to know where you stand as just a, 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 a veteran that played, who your dad played, your grandpa played, was that you, you can get promoted to the majors now if your raw talent is there and your fundamentals are not. And he said back in the day, it was like you needed to know base running, situational defense way yeah, more than yeah, nowadays. I, I, think, I think there's some truth to that. Um, you know, we try and, you know, especially being – in New York and the Yankees, we try to, you know, have finished products as much as we can. So we're, we're usually not rushing guys, um, especially, you know, who we feel like are big time prospects. Um, I, I would say there, and I would say there's probably some truth to what that says to what, whoever you're talking to says. Um, I would also say that we always think, Back when I played, yeah, man, we never did. Well, I remember, for example, because we had a we had a ground ball to shortstop guy thrown out at third, which has happened to us uh, for us 
against a couple other teams. Yeah, the Rays and White Sox also did the it's, same thing. Yeah, I think the Astros it, it as well. all the time. And I remember when I was playing, <clears throat> I thought it happened all the time too. And and the coaches and stuff we played with said, oh, that never happened when we played. And it's like you kind of romanticize how fundamentally sound everything was back when I played or back when I did it. So while I don't necessarily disagree wholeheartedly with you, I, I think there's a, a little bit of uh, romanticizing when we played kind of thing. Yeah, I, 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 that's probably true. I will say when Rizzo came over and like his baseball IQ on defense, it was a whole other element that I hadn't seen since the older Yankee teams of like, oh shit, this guy is thinking the game two steps ahead of yeah. the play. And yeah. it, it was weird how far in it felt. And Rizzo was awesome at it. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, and, and we you know, we went through you know a couple of years where we didn't have the, necessarily the best defenders over there at first, but Riz is, Riz is nuance. Of, you know, obviously plays the position really well, but his nuance and kind of intangible stuff he brings defensively over there at first is pretty special. I, last thing I got quick, uh, it, you were very complimentary to the Braves last night and uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, the team's been the class of baseball this year. They've been, you know, one of the class of baseball the last few years. Um, what, one of my favorite quotes is we've got thrust into the baseball world is like, you know, some, sometimes the, the guys on the other team drive big trucks too. Like, is it just a matter of like, they got dudes like like that that when you look at them, or is there something different you see with the Braves holistically or approach wise that's different, or is it just a matter of man, they got a lot of guys? Yeah, I, I think they're they're just uh, you know a load. They've they've got you know five star to superstar level players in their twenties in the prime of their career that are just like. And then, and then they've done a really nice job, I think, with their supporting cast, you know, so the, you know, Nicky Lopez steps in there last night yeah. as a complete thorn on our side. You know, the, you think that Vaughn Grissom or whoever's going to win the job out of, at, out of spring training, they bring in Orlando Arcia, who turns into an all-star and ultimately wins the job. So some of the subtle things they've done with on their roster to supplement what is, you know, as good a core you know, as we've probably seen in a while, frankly, um, that that's, that's, that's been impressive. Um, you know, they're, they're probably not as dominant pitching wise, you know, as they've been in a couple of years, but from a position player, uh, group, it's, it's pretty special group. Yeah. It's pretty fun. They're good. Two more against them. Boo. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right. Go enjoy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Savvy tonight. Right. Hopefully he gets, uh, Fastball up, swings and misses. Let's go. Let's go do it. Can tell him to hit the mascot on the first pitch of the game. <laughs> just, just please for me. I can't have. Yeah, for me too. I Blooper's been up my ass. I, yeah, Blooper has He's actually. Yeah, Blooper you. is a big rival of Jake. So, I think, uh, I think a fastball maybe twenty feet wide first pitch from Savvy might help a ton. <laughs> and that's that's right. being honest. And I think that's I think ten percent of you at least agrees. <laughs> I just want Sammy to go out and pitch well. Yeah, get it done. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Booney. See you guys. See ya. And there, we, there was Boone. We just chatted with him. Uh, a little bit, Jake, of a subdued tone from him and from us. A little, I, I appreciated the level of acceptance he seemed to have 
in uh, the situation where uh, I said, are you going to start prepping for 2024? And he was like, well, I think we're going to do that anyway because it, it will help us win or for that reason you said. Like he wouldn't like say yeah. it. That, that reason you said where we're bad and we're not going to win. But that's good move by him. He didn't say it. So tips his hand. Like they've been saying, Pereira is probably going to come up. It seems like Everson, ever a little bit Pereira is going to come up, and we get to see what he's about. So maybe I get the September I want. Um, thought it was kind of candid there with us. Yeah, I mean that's you know I feel like after each bad loss, Braves, Marlins, uh, you know we get we get these tweets that are like, and thanks to Vizio, by the way. Yeah, appreciate we get. We get these tweets that are like, you boys better rip into him this week. It's like, what? Like, about Clay Holmes giving up that many runs? Like, about, um, you know, about the Braves being, like, just a lot better? So, um, I don't know. Like, I, I was happy he actually named Pereira because we really only got the report. Who was that, from Clappish or someone that was, like, they will call up Pereira? But we haven't yeah. heard any of the Yankees say... Like Pereira's it, really in play. Yet. Even if it was the most obvious in the world, like we we come to expect the Yankees to never say the name of a prospect that might come up. Later. Oh, and yeah, I mean we were we were just laughing a little bit about some of the base running stuff because it's I think he's our bad base running team. So uh, what? Yeah. It's a good semantical game by him. His quote was that we have the same amount of blunders yeah. as other teams. That are like mental mistakes. I and then and by in turn he's saying I admit uh, that's what I'm saying. That doesn't mean I'm saying we're not bad, but the other reasons we're bad are just because we're really slow. <laughs> yeah, that's what he kind of said there. Yeah, I was like so I the metrics probably say we're pretty bad at base running. That's because we're the slowest sprint speed team, right. and that's not his. That's that's almost like him. Saying, Cash, could I get some more to work with? Because yeah. he doesn't choose. Yeah, that's where I, I was wondering if he was going to give, you know, remember, uh, you know who's still celebrating? Remember when Joel Sherman was starting to go off the deep end on Twitter and he was like, the Yankees are not athletic and they're not lefty. And then like a year, six months later, I was like, I think Joel Sherman was right. Well, what happened was, I was they wondering. traded for two righties. I was wondering if I was wondering if if he was going to talk about the Braves' athleticism at all because you guys know I was telling you Austin Riley running first to third uh, last night up eight two was one of the hardest I've seen someone go first to third this year. His sprint speed is higher than I thought. He's seventy percentile, which I didn't have for Austin Riley. But that also made me wonder. You know, we sometimes we talk about the Yankee fan brainwashing. Like, I just, I don't expect a player like Austin Riley to be athletic because he's powerful, but he's athletic. He's young. He's, <laughs> he's healthy. That I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll do the same routine for you that sure. I've done uh, for three years running now. Uh, the Braves' core are a bunch of healthy, everyday players, and their coaching staff is the oldest coaching staff in Major League Baseball who fully rejects analytics at certain times. Whenever they want. And does it how they know baseball. Um, the Braves have now played 118 games. Acuna has let off uh, 118 games. Uh, Olsen or Ozzy have batted second in uh, all but one of the games. 
And Riley has played uh, third base and batted uh, third, 110 games. So pretty routine there. Some balance, playing every day. And like, you know, recently, the last, since July 23rd, every game besides yesterday has been uh, Acuna, Albies, Riley, Olsen. But uh, Albies Albies, just went down. Albies missed his first game. So just some routine. And uh, maybe we just need uh, Booney to get a little older Mm. and uh, have an older coaching staff. Age. We're all aging this year. It's the good news. Yeah, every single one of us. Well... Uh, don't don't do that. All right, appreciate you, Arnie. Go Yanks, Tom Grams. Go Yankees. Nice job, peeps. What were you gonna say? Or dead people? Yeah, yeah, people die. I thought that. Thought that might be the loophole. Mm. Uh, comatose. That's not. Do you stay the same age technically? 